Hi, welcome to Beauty in the Brain, where we talk about all things aesthetic. So I'm here today with Jerry and our special guest, Courtney Gilson, and we're super excited uh, to have her with us today and to talk about some exciting topics in the field of aesthetics, not just how we look externally, but also how we feel on the inside. Like you said, we're thrilled to have Courtney here with us. She's been a friend of ours, started out as a patient of ours and has ended up being a really good friend of ours over the past few years. And we've kind of seen you on a journey from all across the board. So why don't you talk a little about yourself and just kind of how you got into reality TV. I don't, for those of you that don't know, Courtney was on an MTV show that aired Floribama Shore um, for three seasons. And so that's kind of how we got to know her was wanting an influencer. And and then by luck ended up with a really good friend out of it. So um, just tell us a little how you got started into the reality TV. So I was 21 and I worked at Coyote Ugly in Panama City Beach. And I guess they were scouting the area for a local that they wanted to be on a TV show. And at the time, the TV show was supposed to be called like American Party. They didn't give us the name of like what it was really going to be. And so one of the bartenders gave them my number because I hadn't, I wasn't working that night. And they called me and they were like, hey, you know, like we're scouting for this TV show. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah. And I did like a Skype call with them. And then like the next day they flew me out to California. My mom was like terrified. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was just kind of like the start of it. I was a baby. That's exciting, right? Anybody wants to be on the TV show, you get all the hype around that. Somebody asked you, yeah. of course, a trip to California. Yeah. So was it what you expected from that initial call? Um, yes and no. I feel like when I started the show, that was like my prime time of like me drinking and like being 21, like always partying. And so like, I think it was different for me because I'm from Panama City. So it's like I wasn't taken out of my environment and put in another state around like people that I didn't know. Like I didn't know like the cast or like production, but I knew all my friends whenever we would go out to the bar, I would like hang out with them. Like my mom was still in town and like I would call her if I needed something. So I think it was a lot easier for me to settle in versus other cast members. I could see how that could be hard, but you know, everyone wants to be on a TV show. It's just like, that's all of your worst moments <laughs> that are out there forever. <laughs> now, was there a lot of pressure to be, you know, kind of extreme or kind of wild or did they just let you kind of live your life? I mean, I feel like for me, they didn't really have to ask me to do anything because I was just a hot mess. They were just like, give this girl some alcohol and let her just do her thing because I was a hot mess and I was just like doing what I did every single day. It was just happened to be in front of cameras at that point. So what was the delay in the time that you filmed until the episodes actually were released? And Season one, we filmed 2017, I want to say in like March or April. And then I think it aired in November. Yeah, because it was my dad's birthday that it aired. We had this, like, big, like, um, viewing party. And it was, like, mortifying because it was, like, all of my friends and family. Like, even people that I wasn't even that great of friends with. I was just like, everybody come. And it was my dad's birthday. And it was the episode. Like, the very first episode is me pissing the bed. And, like... <laughs> And like it's on this big screen in front of all these people, and I'm like, oh my 
my God. Because I had no idea that even happened. You know? <laughs> were, were you aware of what was going to be? No. And so like when you film the show, only 10% of like what really happens is on TV. And so they like pick through all of everything. And yeah, that just happened to make the cut. <laughs> I can see where it would. For, yeah. for, it would kind of get people on the Courtney train or either off of the yeah. Courtney train. So we saw you go from like from all sorts of extremes. You were the wild party girl, the fun one that was out and wild. And then we saw you kind of disappear during some of the seasons. And so do you feel that part of that was due to the pressure that was put on you by the show? I think it had to do more with like my inner demons. I was on a lot of like prescription drugs and that I was abusing just to like cover up some of the things that happened to me whenever I was younger that I didn't want to deal with at that moment. So I was using substances to numb everything. And so I think like my own issues kind of like surfaced being in that situation because there is like pressure to like have your screen time because if you don't like you get paid by the episode so it's like if you're not and you sign on for let's say 12 episodes if you're not in those 12 episodes you don't get paid for those 12 episodes so it's like you have to make sure that you're getting enough screen time and then there's just so much going on you know like you don't have any sense of normalcy and it kind of can make you feel crazy. So it's like you don't have like the freedom to use a cell phone or like a phone in general. Like the lines are either on or off. So like sometimes throughout the day we wouldn't be able to pick up the Gator phone and like make a call. It's like all planned. And then it's like if I wanted to read a book, I couldn't read a book because of like copyright. And then you have all these lights and it's just like you are like on camera 24-7. So it's like just this like really weird like... I don't know. So it's just you I feel like because I was drunk and on substances, I was like just able to like move my way through it. But I don't think being sober, I think I would be like weirded out by, you know, like being filmed all the time to where like I just like didn't care really. So how long were these filming sessions? Like weeks, months? Season one we filmed for four weeks and then season two we filmed for two months. And then season three, I was only there for a few episodes. So were you prepared for the, you know, kind of sudden celebrity when the show took off? And um, Like thinking back on it, I feel like we all thought it was going to blow up more than it did. <laughs> like I remember when it first started, I think Amy was like, are we going to need security? <laughs> <laughs> are the paparazzis going to follow us around? And you know, you think like, oh my God, like what is it going to be like? But no, I think like the most that happens is people come up to you and ask you to like take pictures and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know. You don't really know what to expect. How do you feel that that being on the show, like, like I said, we've kind of seen you go from first episode to Wild Party Girl to third episode, like where you were obviously having some struggles to now. And so like I view you now as one of the healthiest people. If anyone that follows Courtney on her social media knows she's constantly in the gym, like you're physically fit, you eat good, you seem to really be in a good mental space. Yeah. And that's a huge journey from, I hate to say season one or, or season three, to what you are now, it almost seems like a different person to me. How do you yeah. feel personally? I think I I feel like a completely different person. 
just like physically because I was so sick. I had all these stomach issues. Like I had like IBS. I had like severe acid reflux. I was always sick and it was like due to what I was eating. And then like, I feel like if you're eating like shit, you feel like shit. And then you're like mentally feeling like shit. It's about like what you put in your body and like the things that you're reading or watching. So like social media It's like if you're constantly around people, too, that are just, like, talking bad about themselves, like, oh, I'm so fat or, oh, I'm so ugly, you become those thoughts because that's all you're thinking about, you know? So I think when season three, I hit rock bottom, I think it, like, woke me up because I was like, I can't be doing this. And I think it was, like, time because it was – I don't know if, like, I – Had it not been for Floribama, I don't think that I would have gotten the help that I needed because it wouldn't have put me in that situation to be, like, in front of all these people. And then it kind of, like, hit me that if I can, like, do this in front of all these people, how many people that it could help. And so, like, that, me helping other people helped me help myself. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things when we talked about having you on clearly – the show kind of changed your life, and that's one of the ways that we got to know you. Yeah. And obviously thought about having an influence for the clinic, but as Jerry said in the intro, um, have kind of got to know you as a person over that time, Jerry, more than me, but really love what you've done with yourself and, and the role model that you are for a lot of other people. Yeah. And so, you know, what would you say to, to people who are out there in similar situations that but may not be as public or have the resources that you had? Um, where do they start to look for help? I think that the only limitations we have are the ones that we put on ourselves. So it's like, if you tell yourself that you're stuck, that's like the mindset you're going to be stuck because you, no matter like if you're in like a, if you have a shitty job, right. You can always quit. I've quit every job. (laughs) (laughs) And by quitting, I got another job where I was treated better and got paid more. You're only stuck in these situations because you have put yourself in that mental prison because you are the creator of your reality and you can change your own life. So it's like taking the steps. I think like whenever I, the episode that like I lost my mind in the taxi, whenever I like sobered up, I was like, oh my God, like I can't do this anymore. Like I'm either going to be like this forever or I'm going to take the steps to change and do better. And you have to choose yourself. You can't do this for your mom or your kids. You know, I see a lot of like younger moms that like have these kids and they're like breaking their back for their children. Like, yeah, you love your children, but you can't show up for your kids or show up for your family unless you show up for yourself and put yourself first. Because then later down the road, they'll be able to thank you for that because you can show up for them in the way that they need and for yourself. So it's about choosing yourself. And like, regardless of how heavy I was or how like down I was, I still loved who I was as like a person to my core. I knew I was a good person. I might just like not have liked the way that I was looking at that point because I was like unhealthy. So it's just about, you know, making better decisions and not doing it all at once either. It's like take that day by day and try to stay as present as you can. One of the things that I, I do admire about you and you're talking about your weight is like your social media. And a while back you were putting all these posts about like how your perception is not necessarily reality. And you would put yourself out there where you did have like a little pot belly or yeah. it didn't look exactly like you wanted it to, but you could change the angle or use a filter and it looked just like the world wanted you to look. Yeah. And so like it, it was really impressive to me to watch you with that many people watching you, you know, because you could have absolutely avoided all of that and looked like perfection. Yeah. But you were the first person that I saw that pointed out like your faults where 
even looking at your pictures where you felt like you weren't in shape or you didn't look your best, like the rest of us still saw like gorgeous Courtney. Right. So what do you see like when you're looking in the mirror now or do you feel better? Yeah. You know, like I'm constantly the observer of my own thoughts. So it's like, I'll always tell myself I'm beautiful, even if like, I don't feel it. And, you know, I'm going to like trick my brain into believing that. <laughs> so I always just like, even if I'm getting ready for the shower or if I'm in the bath, I just like take that moment to like really like thank my body for showing up for me every single day. Cause your body does so much for you. I'm like a really big believer in energy and like the words that you say to yourself and speak into existence like really do come true so even if you don't believe the things that you say you should absolutely like talk better to yourself because <laughs> it does work like it really does i mean i really love that concept is this something that you grew up with was this modeled by your family or you learned no. this? Yeah. so it's really interesting because it's like i feel like my mom grew up in like the era of get slim fast drink this diet plan you know what i'm saying and it's like for like the short term it's not for like the long term and like and my mom put me in modeling when i was like three or four i did like baby gap and like lens in and like all of that and I think that's honestly what like started all of my like image issues like self-image issues because it's like when I was 16 these modeling agencies like you go into this room with like a lot of other girls that look similar to you because like whenever you cast they're looking for like a specific type of person and you're sitting there like comparing yourself to all these girls like I'm not as skinny as her or like I'm not as tall or like short as her. And it's just like you compare yourself and then like these people are sitting there telling you to lose 20 pounds at 16 years old. And then like my mom, like God bless her, she didn't know any better. But, you know, like she wants you to be like signed by Wilhelmina Models. And to do that, you have to lose that weight. And so it's like she wanted that so bad for me. I don't think she knew like the damage it was doing to me at the time. But I... I, she loves me so much, you know, like I'm her baby. She yeah. She's the biggest fan. Yeah. It's like really interesting though. I feel like through like my journey of learning about mental health and like body positivity, I have been able to like show that to her. Like she's the one that's always stepping on the scale every other day. I'm like, stop stepping on the scale. Like I hate that because it's like, you're so much more than like your body weight because it's like, if you're working out, you're gaining muscle and muscle weighs more than fat, you know? Like I definitely, I'm like 162 right now. I think at like my skinniest, I was like 148. Like on the first season of Floribama, I was like 150. But it's like, I feel like some people think like 162 is like heavy, but it's like muscle and I am tall. But like at my heaviest, I was 200 pounds. That leads to another question though. Have you got your mom, uh, since, since she is your biggest fan and I know you are very close, is she into this uh, positive mindset now? Have you been able to convince her to... Yeah, I um, told her, you know, I don't really have any friends. I hang out with my family. And I'm like, I need you guys to live the longest because you're all I have. So so I'm like, Mom, I need you to stop drinking Dr. Peppers <laughs> so that she'll live longer. And so she's been on, like, this health kick journey, like, with me. I've been, like, teaching her, like, how to eat better and, like, what's in, like, these foods and all of that. And I think just, like, me being more open about that, like, even, like, my dad, I feel like growing up, he was, like, 
more dismissive of like emotions and like talking about things just because like their generation was like you just sweep it under the rug and forget about it and because I am so vocal about just like everything they're more vocal and I have a really good relationship with them just because we talk about everything so it's definitely made them more open to talking about things it's interesting because I mean I'm a big believer in a positive mindset and kind of, you know, I don't know if it's the traditional way of thinking about manifestations, but uh, for sure, and what you, you speak and what you think about yourself and your inner thoughts will come to existence. And yeah. so if you're constantly feeding your mind with all of these negative thoughts, um, th then that's going to come into existence yeah. as well. And so we've seen that, you know, in our own lives, in our own business, and, you know, kind of from many years ago, um, yeah, I don't even know where I picked up on those things, but Jerry knows that that I'm kind of in that same mindset. But I didn't grow up with that. Yeah, no. Either. Like it's a, it's a pattern that that or something that I've had to learn. Yeah. Over time, on that topic, and I don't know, maybe these things kind of all intertwine. It's hard to separate. But do you notice that you feel better about yourself with a positive thought since you've started to do that, or with the other lifestyle changes you've made, like better diet, working out, or can you separate those two? I think that, so whenever I left season three or four of BIM, I went out to California to like a mental health treatment place and I stayed there for 28 days. And I learned just like a lot about like myself and my trauma and the things that you put in your body. Like we had chefs out there that, because um, a lot of people were like celiac and all of that. And so that's whenever I really started eating healthy because I learned a lot about food out there. I've read a lot about like the gut being the second brain. And then I had all those health issues and I was just sick all the time. I feel like it does go hand in hand with like what you put in your body and like, cause it's like you feel good physically or gonna feel good mentally. So if somebody's looking for a quick fix, can they just exercise or eat better or do they need? And I, I personally tend to agree with you. I think it goes hand in hand and I think it's hard to separate that. I think it's a long-term goal and it's a lifestyle change. Like this whole like fast diet to like lose weight quickly in like a month, it's just not doable in a healthy way. So it's like if you make small changes in your day-to-day -day life, it's going to add up for longevity and you're going to be able to attain that way easier than like trying to lose 20 pounds in a month. Well, I think sustainability is plays a big role in every part of our life, whether it's, you know, mental health, physical health or beauty, because you're talking about like, a, you know, a quick fix on a 30 day diet. And it's kind of like trying to cover up something bad with one single dose of Botox. It doesn't it doesn't work. And so, you know, sustainability and creating a lifestyle that works for you and, you know, the what's happening on the inside of your body, your gut, what's happening on the inside of your mind, you know, your psychic, the your mental health and that sort of thing also radiates as a type of beauty. And that is really difficult to see on social media, which plays a huge freaking role yeah. in all of our lives right now. You know, even if we don't love social media, it's a big part where they're like for hours, it's, um, it's busy and also for enjoyment, but primarily for business. And we see all of these images. How do you think that's impacting, you know, this young generation that's coming up? I was thinking about that a few minutes ago, and I was going to touch on that. I think that it's like really sad, all these young women that are on social media where all these girls are like photoshopping their photos and it's just like not realistic to look like that. And that's why I hate social media because you sit there and you're looking at all these girls comparing yourself to them and even guys. I think it's like super toxic and that's why I try to be as real and raw as possible on social media because everything is not as it seems and it's just a highlight reel. 
I think that what you look at on social media can really impact your mental health. And yeah, it's like hard to weed out what isn't real and what's not. I think mental health and body image, you've kind of touched on them both at the same time and different things we've already talked about, but it's crazy how that can impact you and impact the people around you. Yeah. And you know, when, when you're in a place that's, that's not necessarily a good place, you tend to attract people that are in that same as rare, yeah. but you're in a bad place and you attract really good people. Yeah. When you weren't as healthy as you are now, did you find that you tended to have people around you that were also in similar situations? Yeah, because I think misery well, loves the, you company. Were you were also on the show. <laughs> You're being paid to do some of this. but I think when I first started sharing my journey, like around the time that I did the Dr. Drew interview, you start getting all these messages from all these people that are going through similar things. So it's like kind of this community. And I try to reply to as many people as I can. So like I know this one kid, which I had gotten a message from him during season two of Floribama. And he was like, I turned the TV on and you were the reason why I didn't kill myself. And he was actually the reason why I decided to do the Dr. Drew interview to like share my story. And he actually messaged me again after that interview. And I was like, oh my God, like you were like one of the reasons why I wanted to share my story. So it's like you get that positive encouragement from those people. But at the same time, it's like all these people are asking you for help. And it's like, I can barely help myself. <laughs> at this point, but, um, I still do get a lot of messages about like, how do you do that? And everybody's journey is going to be different. It's about like figuring out what works for you. I want to venture some into your aesthetic journey and things that you've tried in the med spa and aesthetics and things that you love and hate. And let's just talk about that a little bit. So I've gotten Botox. You guys are the first people to give me Botox. Um, so I've gotten Botox. I've gotten a lip flip. I got those threads. I don't know. the Video threads. Yeah. yeah. Those. And then really I just do facials. So that's. And a lot of people may not know this about you, but you're an esthetician as well. So, um, tried that for a little while, but, uh, did you like it? Um, I thought I was really going to like it, but I felt like a glorified face washer. <laughs> So I'm like, mm, eh, I don't know if I want to like wash people's faces all day. I don't know. That might be, I don't know. But I liked more of the waxing part. Um, and then I really just did it to learn about my own skin because at the time that I started school, I was breaking out really bad. Uh, so I wanted to learn about like why I was breaking out, what I could do to help my skin, my mom's skin, uh, my friend's skin. Um, so that's kind of what led me down that journey. Have you found any magic uh, potion or routine for your skin? Or Yeah, I actually use the La Roche-Posay Effaclair face wash, but I only wash my face at night and I'll do like witch hazel in the morning and then I'll do like a vitamin C and I slug with vitamin E oil. But I also, I've found that not drinking coffee on an empty stomach really helped my skin. Like I don't break out anymore now that I don't drink coffee on an empty stomach. I think diet and things that we ingest are, are yeah. a big part of a lot of our skin and figuring out what works. Yeah, my hormones are changing. I'm like yeah. getting older. You feed older. the skin, yeah. you know, just like you feed the gut. And so if you put bad things in, bad things are going to yeah. come out. And so whether it's coming from your gut or bad things coming from your face, what you put in is what you get back from your body, whether it's your your mental health is impacted. You know, I have um, personally have psoriatic arthritis and anti-inflammatory diets even yeah. you know, really help with my symptoms 
financial associated with it. I think that it's a little underestimated about what goes in actually coming yeah. out. Like whenever I eat dairy, I get a pimple like within the next two days. Like I went to Starbucks to get like a matcha latte and I forgot to tell them to put almond milk in it. And I was like, oh, like, it'll be fine. No, like the next few days, my skin, I was paying for it. And so it really does make a difference. So of all the treatments that you have had, what's your favorite? Botox. Botox, yeah. We knew Botox. the answer to that. I know the answer to that. But um, let me, this is, uh, you know, something. Do you know the difference in the types of neurotoxins? No. No. So, right, we refer to Botox. Everybody talks about Botox. That's the original brand by Allergan. And I think it's something that uh, we get asked about a lot from some of our clients and new providers. But actually, um, what you've received from us is Dysport. Yeah. And so it's like a lot of patients don't even realize that we have a lot of choices of neurotoxins. Right. We all just kind of call it Botox, almost like we call a tissue uh, Kleenex. And so yeah. they don't even really, so I think that's interesting when they come in and they ask us, what do we put in our face and our family's face? And in our clinic, we use Dysport a lot and we love that. But a lot of places I still refer to it as a, as Botox, but that is a all time favorite of a lot of our patients. So I love it as well. And it's time for me to get my touch up. Same. Always say it's the gateway drug because it's what leads us right down into this path yeah. that, that we are. Do you have anything that you plan to do that you haven't done yet? I think just continuing down the road of preventative maintenance. So just keeping up with the Botox. Um, I don't know if I'll ever do lip filler. It scares me. Just seeing. What's scary about it? Ah, just like the pain level. And then I'm not subject to change. Change freaks me out. And so it's like, what if I hate it? And then I'm going to have to go through like the getting it dissolved. And then that's more pain. Like, I don't know. I feel like I can handle pain very well, but I, something about that. I'm just like, uh, uh, I don't know that I believe that you're not good with change because I've, I've seen all the changes we already talked about, but I've also seen you through no nails, Crazy nails. <laughs> to no lashes. Short nails, no lashes. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I was very upset about my nails. They're growing out, though. I need to get them done. But Back, and I see you have a little lash on today. Love it. It looks great. But They do look great. But it's like, touching on that, I felt like my self-esteem went down so low when I took those lashes off. I was like, oh, my God. Like... And now I'm just like feeling so great now that I have my lashes done. But I think that's the thing, right? It's it's individual to all of us. And I think finding a, a really uh, a happy balance between what makes you feel good and confident about yourself yeah. and not worrying about what other people think. Right. And that's a really hard place to be. So yeah. it's not, at this point, you're not letting other people really yeah. influence your decision. You're going for what makes you feel confident. Right. Well, and it shows how something as small as an eyelash can change the way you feel about yourself. Yeah. And so, I mean, that sounds it sounds crazy, but little things that make us feel better about ourselves, and we clearly radiate it to other people. I mean, right. you walk into a room and you demand attention when you come in. And I know this, you haven't always felt like that, but you know, when you walk in and you're pretty and you're tall and you're thin and your personality is big and bubbly and usually Birdie, she's not here with us right now, but Birdie, Courtney's dog is usually with her. How do you use that impact that you have on other people to benefit them? I think just being nice to everyone. Like my mom was always like, no matter like the, like in school. So my mom's a teacher and it's like every click in school, I was always nice to everyone. She was always like, you have to be nice to everyone. Like 
regardless of like how they are like always just like be kind so I think that goes a long way because somebody could be having an awful day and you just being nice to them could really like change their mood and I guess that's just like shining a little bit of light in a very dark world it's just always being nice to people humility is pretty I, I just said it in a recent interview that like I, I did for one of the magazines and to me one of the most gorgeous things about a person is being humble regardless of who it is it doesn't have to be someone that's wealthy to be humble or somebody that's beautiful or famous or whatever to be humble but you know humility really speaks a lot for a person and I think that whenever you can be humble people can relate to you and when you're in a position like you are to have how many social media followers do you have now? I have 380,000. That's a lot of people that have access to a lot of your life. And if you come across as an ass, then, you know, that's really, sorry, I didn't mean no, to say fine. ass in front of you, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you come across like that, you're not near as approachable, like the kid that you just talked about that reached out to you that was at a bad place. And so I, I admire the fact that you can still be humble and been through everything that you have. I am and, the least judgmental person you will ever meet because hands down, I've probably done it times 10. So like I'm in no place to cast judgment on somebody else because I have been in the trenches. Now, <laughs> how do you deal with that though? Because I'm sure with that many followers and your life being, you know, that public and with uh, the show recently being uh, released on Netflix, now it kind of gets a whole resurgence of yeah. people. So how do you tune out the negative energy and the negative comments that are coming your way? It's none of my business what other people think about me. Because at the end of the day, it's their projection and like their reality and like what they think of me is none of my business because it only matters what I think about myself. So it's just like, I don't really care what other people think about me because they're How just... How long did it take you to get there? Until I was like 26. Because I used to, I mean, I always had that like, I don't give a fuck attitude because it's like everything, like say like what someone's judging in me is what they're judging in themselves. So it's really, I'm just like their mirror and it's pointing back to them. It's just whether or not that they can see that and everything's a projection. So learning that really helped me a lot. And it's just like, it, the only thing that matters is what I think about myself. Yeah, I think that's a hard place to get because, you know, we'll get a couple of negative comments here and there and it'll bother me. And yeah. I'm like, I don't, why do I let that kind of stuff bother me to the extent that it does. And I can't imagine having that many followers. I'll know? like screen record things, which is probably not right of me to do, <laughs> but I will screen record things and like put it on my story just to like blast someone, like don't be an <laughs> asshole. And then I think I'm like, oh, like that wasn't the nicest thing it could have done. Like I should have just like blocked them and gone about it like a more mature way. But like sometimes it's funny, like people will post like, someone posted something about like my relationship with my mom and how I'm just like so ungrateful and I'm like I've probably been ungrateful yeah um but I've like apologized for my action my mom's my best friend like she knows me to my core she knows that I have like no ill intentions like to her but yeah I'm sure on floor Bama, I came off as like a little asshole that was ungrateful but it's like I don't know leave me alone <laughs> I make mistakes too so like I had screenshotted that and put it on my story and I'm sure everyone like beat her up about that how does your mom have? We love your mom, by the way. I was gonna um, say maybe we need to need to have her on here to she can she can offer a whole different set of yeah of views on everything because she's told me before that she was so afraid for you 
at yeah. one point. And that's when I, I said earlier, she was your biggest fan. And I was, Courtney's mom's also been to the clinic and been a patient. And during a treatment, you know, we were just chatting it up like we do. And she told me that she was so afraid for you at, some, yeah. at one point. I feel so bad for everything that I put my mom through. Like, oh my God. Like she was probably like, uh, she, I'm like the reason why she like never slept. <laughs> but you know, like no matter what, anytime I called her, she was always there. Like if I needed her to pick me and my friends up because we were hammered at like some bar at like 4 a.m., she would, regardless if she had to be at work at like seven in the morning. Um, but yeah, I definitely have a lot to repay her for. How does she handle any negative uh, reactions to the things that, that are posted about you? I don't know if she knows a lot about them. I'm sure she would comment back and be like, that's my baby. Yeah, that sounds like my mom, right? And, and so she wasn't on even Facebook for the longest time. And then she's on there. And if there's the least bit of something yeah. that's negative, it's like, why did you not say something? I'm like, yeah, and I'm just trying to let it go. Yeah, she, I don't think she understands the concept of like social media in the sense that like if you put something out there, it's out there. Like, be careful what you say. Yeah, we had this discussion, um, we've had it multiple times before, and we were talking, you know, earlier about, with the social media, we clearly control the narrative. Like, you control your narrative, we put out there, and, and Jerry and I are very different in what we put on our social media, but we feel that we know that person, what they put out there, and very few people are as honest and out there as you are. I, I know I'm very controlled with what I put out there. Jerry's not so much. He puts whatever. <laughs> we have three degrees. We have Chris, me in the middle, and we have you. Yeah. <laughs> If it wasn't for skin and tonic and Chris, I would probably be Courtney. <laughs> yeah, because I'm constantly trying to be like reeling back, reeling back. Yeah. So do you tell you our latest procedure that we're doing in the name of it? Mm -mm. This may be cut from the podcast. I don't know. It's off topic. But... Vagicadabra. That's cute. And so if you... We love her. We've got a new vaginal, vaginal wand for female uh, like rejuvenation. And so Jerry, he said it's like a magic wand because they have no pain and they have great results. So uh, hell yeah. vaticadabra. That, that's Jerry's. And I was like, that's about as far as I let him to push that. Uh, some of his marketing ideas, I'm like, no, we're going to shut that yeah, down. He squashed like a rabbit being pulled out and that sort of thing as a magic hat. So he said no to that. But anyway, um, well, we certainly appreciate you being here today. Yeah. It's fun just to have you have you here and be able to Any sit Any chance I get to see you guys. So you said you're due for Botox. So is come and see us. We want to thank you all for listening to another episode of Beauty in the Brain. Thank you again, Courtney, for being here with us today. I think you guys have heard a lot about um, our mental health, our physical health, um, and how that impacts our beauty and our aesthetics. So we all want you to know that there is help in your community and local areas. That And we're going to provide some resources on our website and on our social media channels. So if you are dealing with any of these body image issues, we're going to give you some resources and ways that you can find help. The only limitations you have are the ones you put on yourself. So there you go. get out of that. your head. I love that.